Louisville's hotel scene has evolved. We'll talk about that, plus the latest going on with restaurants around town. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news, plus plenty of sharp opinions on what's going on around here in Louisville, Kentucky. I hope we sound okay today. We had a little bit of technical difficulties as we were getting started, so we had to mess around with some equipment, but uh, fingers crossed you're hearing us okay. Um, I have faith in you, David. I have faith. Uh, yeah, well, do I have faith? <laughs> Yeah, faith in this uh, equipment. That's another question. So, um, let's see. We'll start off this week. We'll talk about hotels. Uh, Ellie, you just had a cover story that uh, came out today about how the hotel industry is changing. Uh, it's gotten more boutique, right? So how's it evolving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that's the direction it seems to be going in based off some of the people I've talked to. Um, so... I talked with uh, Sarah Robbins. She's the CFO at 21C, which um, is a hotel everyone in Louisville knows and loves. But um, (laughs) she basically kind of told me about, she's been a part of 21C since 2005. And the way that the industry has changed since then, um, it's definitely gotten a lot more boutique. And she didn't want to say, you know, they were the first, but she was saying that it wasn't as common as it is now when they started out. So. Um, we definitely still have branded hotels, you know, Marriott's, Hilton's, all those, but there's a lot more of these like smaller, uh, more culturally driven options kind of popping up in Louisville. So you got to believe 21C was one of the early runners in this because, um, you know, it seemed pretty unique back when it first launched. Of course, now there's a lot of uh, boutique hotels. Um an English teacher would uh, scold me for misusing unique there. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it is a pet peeve of mine, So uh, and I just did it. But anyway, so I guess, uh, why are these hotels in demand? It's just a different audience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no one really had like an exact answer of why these are popping up, but it's basically just people are like wanting to experience something a little bit different. So, um, you know, like, the chain brands, you can kind of get those anywhere, but um, people have just been wanting to stay at a hotel that kind of represents the city that they're in, you know, both like because they're in the city and they're that's pro- they're probably there for a tourism reason, wanting to know more about it, but then yeah. also just because the culture there is different and unique. And Louisville, um, a lot of people said Louisville lends itself really well to this because of our bourbon industry and our horse racing. We just have a very like specific industries that everyone loves that it's easy to decorate a hotel that way. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, when, yeah. a, a new term popped up during in Ellie's story that I was not uh, aware of. What, bleasure travel? Bleasure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, so, what is that? Um, Rosie and Mastin at Louisville Tourism, she talked about how they're seeing a lot more bleisure travelers, which are like a mix of business and leisure, um, and that they're this, they're, you know, people that are in town for 
business. Maybe they have conferences or meetings or something going on, but they, you know, plan to stay to get a taste of the city as well. So, um, yeah, and and that's part of the reason too why these hotels that are the more boutique options, the more cultural options, um, they are in like very specific locations like downtown where business travelers could be or um, the highlands or little identifiable neighborhoods like that. You probably wouldn't find these like right off the interstate, you know. It's, no, it's, or like near the airport. They're yeah. near the airport. It's all like in kind of the, the places that are the the like more spunky parts of town. <laughs> <laughs> Good word. Yeah. Um, let's see. I imagine Airbnb had something to do with this, right? Like because people got those more unique travel experiences. I think you talked about that in your story too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, that especially is true for the kind of micro boutique hotels. So there's been a few that have popped up. Um, Hancock House is one and the Bellwether is another that they have like, you know, 20 rooms and that's it. Um, mm -hmm. And they are able to like kind of be even more niche than just Louisville. They can incorporate things about the Highlands or just the parts of town that they're in. Um, and, and yeah, and Mariah Gratz, who she, uh, was a developer with Wayland Ventures on, uh, Hancock House, she mentioned how that was their kind of response to Airbnb. They wanted to have a hotel that was more of a, um, like an Airbnb experience where you're more of a local, you're like integrated in the population, you're staying in like a smaller option, so... Mariah Gratz, friends of the show. She was on last year. So I always like dropping names when I can. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So how many of these construction are there, there? You had a number in your story about how many of these have opened locally. And I guess in the last few years, how many was that? Yeah. So since 2019, um, there's been seven. There's a few others under construction now, too. I think there was two under construction and there's been a few announced. So like hopefully those will come to fruition, too, and then we'll have even more. But. Yeah. Uh, Jason, I'll ask you this and then you guys feel free to jump in as well. But uh, what kind of accommodations do you prefer? Have you tried any of these, you know, uh, more boutique hotels uh, or do you prefer you know, Airbnb? Um, you know, I was trying to think of the last time I stayed in a hotel after I saw the script for this. And I was like, I, I can't even remember. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do. I think I do prefer the more intimate feel of these boutique hotels. If, if, you know, I'm thinking about the next time I go somewhere or, you know, even a staycation. I, I'm a big fan of the hotel bars, you know, so I, I, I've been at the uh, Wild Swan at the uh, the Grady, which is another kind of a boutique type hotel that opened recently. So I, it, it's it's a cool vibe in there. You just feel like, like Ellie said, you just feel like you're more integrated into the community and the neighborhood. So I can definitely see how these have risen in popularity. Yeah. I, I, I stayed at a hotel Indigo a couple uh, I guess a couple months ago around Thanksgiving I went to Alabama and I enjoyed it I mean it was kind of there for the parents of mm -hmm. the students at the University of Alabama and uh, I've stayed in a couple I was in the Conrad which is an older hotel but it seems to be trying to to, to be more uh, kind of personalized around downtown Indy so maybe this is a trend that even even the older hotels are trying to jump on. Yeah, it seems like something, you know, if, if you were going to modernize, that would be a direction you would go. So, mm -hmm. um, Eleanor, anything to add on that one? 
Yeah, well, I don't know. I also can't think of the last time I stayed at a hotel. I think that when I when I envision staying at a hotel, though, it's a very like luxury experience. <laughs> you know, you have the bathrobe and all that kind of stuff. Um, but since I'm generally when I'm traveling, uh, balling on a budget, <laughs> I usually <laughs> like Airbnbs um, or just like smaller hotels. So. Um, so I don't know. I think I usually say in Airbnbs for the yeah. most part. There is something to be said about the grandiosity of uh, you know a, a big hotel where you kind of yeah. just feel like you're in a yeah, like a lot of, a of restaurants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, it's probably an age thing too. Probably younger mm-hmm. people like Ellie like they're used. They grew up with Airbnb. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new concept. Mm-hmm. I will say the last couple of times I stayed in a hotel. Um, because of covid like a lot of stuff is shut down a lot of the amenities like restaurants and room service like i went i uh, stayed in a hotel uh last year where the restaurants were open but room service was shut down and they said it was because of covid which doesn't even make sense because you could get room service in your room and be more isolated you know so like how does that have, like how does that help covid um, but um i don't know yeah so like i feel like uh, hotels kind of have to compete with this these up-and-comers these boutiques and they're not really doing a great job of it because they're uh uh you know they're not uh you know they don't they're not they don't have all their amenities out there and it's it's neat how some of these hotels specifically i'm thinking about like the bellwether um kind of repurposing the you know these old buildings and turning them into something different you know Mm -hmm. uh, that stay on Bartertown Road to see that get new life into this unique oh sorry don't want to say unique this uh, 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 <laughs> unusual uh, unusual space. that's usually <laughs> the the word you can swap in for <laughs> unique yeah uh, and I, I heard a few people too on that like say that we could be seeing a lot more in Nulu because Nulu was so industrial we just have the old buildings to like turn into these boutique hotels so that I guess is a and, and it's one of those pockets that's you know more trendy so that's a a place to be watching for more boutique hotels so yeah and the big hotel companies definitely in on this trend uh is 21c i'm trying to remember who bought them uh, um that was a core hotel yeah. is yeah. what it's called um yeah that was a part of my story too that these um chain companies have kind of gone in that direction where they've started releasing these. They know what people want. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'm one of the smartest examples, which is in my story is hotel distill and Moxie because Moxie is this like young hostile vibe. Hotel distill is much more traditional vibe. If someone, uh, Justin Weeks, the general manager over there, he was like, if someone comes in and doesn't realize that Moxie is what it is, they can just walk across the building to Hotel Distill and hopefully they're both Marriott. So Marriott's yeah. still getting the business. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to have options. I, I, I like the Moxie Hotel. I've never stayed there, but I like the vibe just in the lobby and yeah, the, the cool, cool, cool sort of rooftop bar. It's on the second floor somehow, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it has that cool space there. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll move on to another kind of consumer facing thing here and that's restaurants. Uh, Michael, uh, you've had a couple of restaurant stories, uh, lately. I'll just talk about a few of them here. Uh, the, the one that was most recent was a food truck and they're going to go brick and mortar. Uh, you know, tell us about that one. Yeah. All tied up. A Thai restaurant is going to take over, uh, on uh, Fifth Street, the location that used to be Carlisle's uh, Chicken, and they're going to be opening in uh, 
mid-February, uh, and um, people that think that, you know, we do some kind of great research to get this story, um, you know, really, it was Allison, our <laughs> one of the office workers, just happened to go by and saw a sign. Yeah. <laughs> and I would talk to the owner. Uh, she was like, how'd you find out about this? <laughs> but, like, I'm all uh, over town. <laughs> some kind of super research skills. To, <laughs> so listen to young reporters out there. You know, get out in the neighborhood. That's how you find things. Yeah. yeah. And For sure. So people seem really excited. The food truck is really popular. It's authentic Thai street food. And uh, she grew up, the owner, uh, Kathy, um, she grew up in, in Thailand, and, uh, but her mom's from Louisville, and so she moved to her in 2017 and started the food truck. And she, she had was, a cool story. Yeah, she was actually in Mayfield helping tornado um, the victims uh, when she... Um, found out that this place would be available because she took over Carlisle's lease. Okay. So. You know, I think, all right, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm remembering from yesterday, and I've read a lot of things since, but she opened an American place in Bangkok and then yeah. also opened a, a Thai restaurant, yeah. you know, here in Louisville. So uh, that is <laughs> that is a cool story that she's like kind of like introduced the cuisine to both yeah. Uh, cultures. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. She opened it. She ran an American diner uh, in uh, Bangkok and then she came here and opened <laughs> a Thai restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to know. Uh, I'd love to go to an American diner in Bangkok and just see what the menu is and see how, <laughs> see how close to home it is. Uh, you know, I'm sure they, they adopted a few local dishes over there. So it's right. the only uh, Thai restaurant downtown, doesn't it? Or one of the few. I can't think of any any others, really. Yeah, we'll, I can't we'll either. trying it there. Uh, let's see. So you had another story uh, recently, and that was about how restaurants are adapting to COVID. What did you hear from that? seems like there's still a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, they're, um, they're dealing with the same staffing and, and uh, supply chain issues that everyone had. But uh, restaurants were, I guess, the businesses most impacted by the shutdowns and the capacity restrictions. And even they had were having labor issues even before COVID because people, you know, um, they didn't like people didn't like being servers and having to live on tips. Yeah. And yeah. so it's been really uh, hard for them. And this is just the uncertainty. It's hard to plan a menu when you don't know what you're going to be able to get next week. Oh, man. So it's a little better for the smaller independent restaurants that um, can pivot really quickly. Uh, but if you're like known for a certain uh, dish or something and you don't have the ingredients, you know, that can be a problem. Yeah. I start to wonder if the restaurant economy will ever be the same, considering all the people that have left that industry and all the supply chain issues. Uh, I don't know, Jason, I mean, do you feel like that... <laughs> That's it. That it's ever going to get back to normal, or is it? I, or are we just living in a new era now? I think, or? yeah, I, I think we're in a whole, whole, whole new era. I, I don't think you can ever go back to the way it was. Just the way 
um, so many challenges have just made, like Michael said, uh, people pivot and, you know, you, you have a more focus on, you know, the, the takeout and, and the convenience of that and, and people still not wanting to be around a, a large group of people and, and it doesn't look like, you know, the pandemic is, is going away anytime soon. So I think it's just going to be a continued evolution of what's happening here. Yeah, I really think so. Um, I think, you know, especially with Omicron variant, I mean, the caseload is so high yeah. that like, yeah. I mean, it's almost like, eh, it's like I predicted in the prediction show. Everybody's going to get COVID. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. so Sit it out like, for a couple of days and come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Dallas uh, McGarrity, uh, who um, I interviewed for the story, uh, he has another restaurant. Uh, he does has the fat lamb. Uh, but he also had a restaurant called Portage House, and he had to close that because of staffing issues. And he doesn't know if he'll ever be able to reopen that. Right, and right. he said, I thought this would be over by now. You know, it's been two years. And that yeah. was a really popular restaurant right there on the river in Jeffersonville. People loved it, but, you know, you just can't staff it. It's just sad. Yeah. I saw somebody else um, trying to load it up right now, um, another restaurant that basically closed due to staffing issues um said they just don't have enough people hang on it's coming up right now um barcelona bistro bar mm. recently closed uh due to lack of staff i don't know how long they plan to close but uh that's just another one of those that, it's the toughest place that yeah, you see all the time too. Some of these bars and smaller restaurants having to shut down for positive cases and things. And you have to think when a, a small place like that has to shut down, and it's hard enough to get business as it is. But do people forget about these places because they can't go there? And then when they do reopen four or five days later, it's it's got to just impact their business. It's something awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, something I heard recently. Uh, I was talking to somebody about like. Because I feel like there's so many fast food restaurants that are not open on the inside right now. And they were saying, like, they'll never reopen. Like, they're realizing that they can get enough business <laughs> through the drive-thru. Yeah. And, like, they'll never reopen on the inside. Which is sad for yeah. me because I you know, live within walking distance of a Canes. So <laughs> I want to walk uh, to Canes, but I have to drive. No tenders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Chick-fil-A on the stage. The are, are closed uh, mm. on, on the inside now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think businesses have just learned that we can just be a drive through, <laughs> you know, rallies had it figured out from the beginning, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they, because they become convenience stores. What the hell? Yeah. They need to be like Vietnam kitchen where like everyone's his family. So <laughs> <laughs> they can't quit. <laughs> yeah. That was a you good one. Yeah. Grandpa, I'm not coming to work anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. That was another, like I didn't put that on the script, but you had that one too. Uh, that was something that helped them was having have helped Vietnam kitchen was having so many family and the staff and you know, that's, that's gotta help. <laughs> so, I know he's get pressure from social media. The community won't let him retire. Well, you know, now Alex lamb, the owner, he is going to retire because his son uh, is uh, going to take over. But uh, most people don't know this. I live in the neighborhood. So I do know that Alex didn't actually open Vietnam Kitchen. There was another owner who was Vietnamese and they sold sold it to Alex 
and no one knew because if you're a white person that doesn't live in the community, you just see a bunch of Vietnamese people. <laughs> you don't know who's who. And so right, that's right. what that was the original plan is that he was going to mm-hmm. sell it back in June. But he like social media blew it up. Everybody started panicking. Yeah. So when I went to interview him, the first 20 minutes was him explaining, like wanting to talk about social media. And he like doesn't even use a smartphone. So he had no concept oh, that's of what happened. <laughs> Oh, that's man. uh that and that, like that kind of story just makes it like all the more like makes that place even more charming just <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and i've been going there like i said i've lived in the neighborhood for 13 years and he never knew i was a reporter <laughs> so when i showed up like because we just talk and stuff and he's like now i'm gonna have to be careful what i say around <laughs> yeah all right. Well, I think that's it as far as this week's show. It's a short one for you this week. Before we go, we'll uh, speak in the social media, share our social media handles uh, so people can find us and give us tips about restaurants and that sort of thing. Uh, Jason, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Scoop Thomas and LinkedIn under my name, Jason Thomas. All right. Michael, where can people find you on social? I'm on Twitter at, at BF Lou Michael. And I'm on Instagram at BluesHound2000 and on Facebook under my name. All right. And Eleanor, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at BFLouEleanor and then on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert. All right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under the name DMAN3001. And you can find me on LinkedIn under my own name, David Mann. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Jason, Eleanor, and Michael. Thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you.